Welcome to the broadcast of Riverside Church in Princeton, North Carolina. Riverside Church preaching Christ and Him crucified. For more information, check out our website at www.riversidefwb.com. His testimony this morning. If you would like to hear more of this testimony, you can go to our Facebook or you can go to our website, RiversideOFWB.com, and listen to this testimony. We're going to give Brother Keith a couple of minutes this morning to give his testimony and tell what Jesus has done for you. Will you welcome Brother Keith this morning? How y'all doing this morning? I want to I want to thank Pastor Kev for allowing me to come tell my story to y'all. Um, I'm going to start off with Romans 12.2. Do not be conformed. Don't be, do not be conformed any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Um, so I start from, um, I'm going to start where... You know, really, like, I, I'm a high school dropout. Um, so, you know, with that being said, man, I was conformed by the patterns of this world. I, I decided to take a different route than my brothers. Um, it was, around this time, I just listened to different kind of music. And then, you know, a lot of stuff just got in my head as far as, like, how I idolize money because I was always in church before. My mom always took me to church, did the vacation Bible school thing and everything. And uh, just as I got older, I just wanted to rush being older just to get older. But little did I know how how fast I grew, you know what I mean? Just as far as hanging around certain people um, had an impact on my lives. Just as far as wanting to, you know, they call them thugs. You know, I wanted to hang around them. And they showed me a different scenery than the church, pretty much. And I started liking it, you know. And uh, so I dropped out of high school, started started becoming an addict as far as marijuana and stuff like that, you know. And uh, so it, it played with my mind, you know. So sooner or later, my mom wound up going to uh, the hospital because she had pancreatitis. So she wasn't really there to guide us. She had five kids and... Uh, like I said, my older brother, he was a, I don't, I don't want to say he was a good, good kid, but, you know, he took a different route than I did, you know, with that being said, I just slowly but surely drifted away from God, you know, and uh, it just became hard for me to make decisions, my self-esteem wasn't there, and, you know, I started questioning myself, like, what are you doing? So eventually, I, I, I wound up starting to sell drugs, and you know, of course, he shook my life then too. So I wound up getting caught, and uh, well, I didn't know he was trying to slow me down around that time. You know, I just thought it was just like, oh well, I just got caught. You know what I mean? But I wound up getting on uh, probation for about three years, and uh, you know, that, I started getting back in the spirit a little bit more, but. I slowly drifted away from it again because, like, far as that situation, my brother actually, when I was going through the court system, my brother actually signed his life away, saying if I didn't if I didn't pay a certain amount of money to the lawyer, he would take my prison time for me. So by that time, you know, I just 
that's God, you know what I mean? So, you know, around that time, I just, I had to slow myself down around that time, but slowly but surely, I wound up going back to my addiction, and it wound up lasting for about 10 years, 10 to 20 years, and, you know, it, it transpired to opiates, and when, when you get started on opiates, it's, it grabs a hold on you, and around this time, I didn't, I didn't know how to handle it, you know, I, I actually went to my mama, and asked her, I need, you know, I told her I needed help, you know what I mean? By this time, she was just like, okay, we're going to, we're going to try to get you some help. And then wind up going to uh, um, one of these clinics where they substituted for another drug. And it just wasn't working. By this time, I had became an electrician. And, you know, as, as an electrician, your money, you know, you get more money. So by this time, it just grew and grew. And, uh my mom passed so it became harder it was it was a little bit tougher because I just didn't know how to handle it as far as me growing up without a father you know you learn like well, this is what they say out there as a man you're not supposed to cry you're supposed to you know hold it in and go about your day because the world keeps turning you know it's not going to stop you still got bills coming you still got all this other stuff and like I said, man, I, I I still had the burden from me carrying a high school dropout. So a little bit in the back of my head, I felt like I wasn't kind of worthy of certain things that I did, you know what I mean, as far as electrician. So when my mom passed, it was just like, okay, I'm, I, I had to keep on going. I couldn't just stop there because, you know, I wound up date, starting dating a um, lady. Um, and, you know, it... I thought it was love, you know what I mean? We, we wound up dating for about seven years. And then, you know, gradually I, I went to a little stronger addiction. And by this time I had a new car. You know, I actually thought I was doing something then, you know what I mean? But little did I know I didn't have that love in the equation. As far as loving me, I didn't notice how much. When you don't love yourself, you can't express it to everybody around you, you know what I mean? Like... And so I wound up losing pretty much everything I had, man, just as far as my girl. My family saw me falling, but, you know, it, it, was, it was just hard because I didn't notice how many burdens I was carrying around. When I, so I became skinny. My family was looking at me like you're walking around with a black cloud over your, over your head. And, you know, of course, I can't. I couldn't tell, you know, they were still spiritual, and, you know, every time they wanted to tell me about God, I just happened to roam away, you know what I mean, like, oh, man, I don't want to hear that right now, I got problems going on right now, I'm just, I'm just trying to, just trying to figure out a way for me to get out the struggle that I'm in, and, you know, it, it was, it was really hard, man, because I, I looked at it as stress, man, I was stressing, I didn't even know stress can kill you like that either. But, you know, my family, they constantly talking to me, trying to tell me, hey, Keith, won't you just get away from favor? Won't you just go ahead and try a new route? You don't have no kids, man. Just, just go ahead and branch off. But I wasn't hearing it, you know what I mean? So eventually the, um, the drug that I was on, it actually grabbed completely hold of me. And I was just like, I knew it was a problem. And I knew if I didn't stop right now, it was going to become an even greater problem. So, as an electrician, I was just like, you know, what if I just stop the money? Maybe I won't be able to get it. 
So I wanted to quit my job. Wasn't the brightest ideal, but I wanted to stop. I thought it was gonna help. So I quit my job and it just got worse. You know, I wound up resorting back to the old Keith for selling drugs just to get that drug, you know, and of course, that wasn't the best idea, you know. I'm, and you know, luckily this time, you know, God was still right there beside me because in the back of my hand, I'm like, Keith, you're going backwards. So, no, why, why are you doing this to yourself? So, you know, I was strong enough to say, okay, this is it. You know what I mean? And then my family also sat me down and was just like, okay, we're going to sit you down. You're killing yourself, Keith. We need you. We need to take the white gloves off. So, like I said, I remind you that I did lose my mama. And uh, as far as authority figures in my life, man, it, it was hard for me to, you know, follow follow that, you know what I mean, without me even having a dad, too. So it was just hard for me to even grasp my older brother or my sister sitting me down trying to tell me what I'm going to do. So it was just like, you know, I'm, like I said, already in the back of my head, I'm just like, yo, you're tearing yourself apart. So they sat me down. It's like, look, Keith, this is what we're going to do. We're going to get you some help. So... They sat me down, and by this time, I'm, I didn't, I'm sorry, I'm jumping everywhere, but before this, I did look for rehabs. I did, I did the research and everything. I didn't have health insurance. I didn't have the money they was asking for. It's pretty much like up there in $5,000, you know what I mean? So I was just like, hey, I don't have it. You know, I tried. Why not go back? So I resort back to the old stuff. So when they sat me down, they actually was like, okay, we're going to get you into a detox. You know, and like I said, I'm going to be jumping around and I do apologize, but while I was out there doing my addiction, I did pray. Even though my faith ain't where it is now, I still had a little bit of faith. And uh, I prayed, and I was like, Lord, take it away. Take it away. Of course, he didn't do it as fast as I wanted him to, and he don't ever do it, I mean. But, you know, when, he sat, when I sat down with my sister and them, it hit me. I was like, okay, Keith, before you rebuild, because they started taking stuff away from me, like as far as my car, they tried to put me on restriction, 31-year-old. So before I rebuild, I was just like, look, I pray for this. So you might as well go ahead and put that to the side and just go ahead and do this. So when I did that, I wound up, they found a place, but they said I had to go to detox first. So I wound up, I was, I was just like, yo, I'm in, and I'm ready for this to go away, because by this time, I'm broken. I'm help, I'm hopeless. I'm I'm really down in depression. Like I said, I lost my car. I lost my lady friend. I mean, my girlfriend, my ex. I lost, I felt like I lost myself. I was just floating, you know, and I felt like I didn't have a, a, a purpose. My, my family, my family has, all of them have kids, and I was like, the only one that don't have one, have none, you know. So, so by this time, I'm I'm already thinking suicide thoughts. You know what I mean? Like, what am I still doing here? Why am I here? What what is what else is there for me to do? And you know, of course, that's when my sister's like, "No, you, you know how devastated it would be if you leave." And I, you know, of course, I wasn't thinking that. You know what I mean? Of course, I'm I'm way in deep depression. Like, man, I don't I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't have no purpose. Like. After my girl left me, you know, I pretty much was kind of like pushing, but I wasn't pushing for myself. I was just pushing just to show her that some kind of love that I didn't know how to give, you know what I mean? So I went to detox, and I'm not even going to lie to you. I went to detox, and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like they, what's the right word? 
the I didn't like what conditions they had there so I did it for a day and uh, you know that day before I left they had linked me up with uh, Hope Center and the guy named this guy named Chase he actually I talked to him on the phone after I filled out an application and everything he's like hey man I want to know if you're serious because I have a couple guys that leave detox and they don't never give me a call back and I was like look man I'm serious because right now the way I'm feeling I just don't want this in my life no more I, I know there's a better route and I know I can you know pursue it so he's like well guess what I'm gonna come pick you up tomorrow morning and I told him, I'm like, well, I'm leaving detox now. I'm going back home so I can pack up my stuff and everything. He's like, all right, now. I was like, I'm going to hold you to it. And I'm like, look, I promise you, I'm gonna, since you said you're going to come get me, I promise you I'll be ready. Because I just ain't never heard no rehab of coming to come pick up somebody from their house or, you know what I mean? So I wind up leaving the house, I mean, leaving the detox. And I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. I went right back into my addiction, but that... That night and that morning, but that morning when Chase came and picked me up, I was in his car. You know what I mean? So the, that was the last time that I got high. But I hopped in that car. I got to the Hope Center. And like I said, I was still conformed by the patterns of the world. So I really wasn't, I wasn't, I, I want to say my pride was still in the way. So I didn't know what I was getting into. I didn't know. You know, this is my first time leaving home. I didn't know what I was getting into. Like, I always, the people that I did hang around was the people that I knew. So I'm walking into a new world, you know, be, be Pacific. So I wound up, wound up getting there, and the love that I felt from the guys that was there, it made me feel like, okay, I'm in the right place. You know what I mean? And it, it was truly amazing because, you know, like I said, I didn't know what to expect. And by this time, I had already left my house and I'm already knee deep in it. It's just time to do it now. So, as the days go on, I hear more and more about the program and I'm just like, okay, no cussing, PG. And I was like, oh man, what did I get myself into? You know, I've been doing stuff so long where I've been, I've been watching Rated R. I've been cussing so long. How am I going to do this? It's, this is going to be pretty hard. And, you know, like I said, I had a problem with following rules pretty much. And I was just like, man, I don't know about this. I don't know. And I ain't going to lie, after two weeks being there, I called my I called my sister and my brother. And I'm like, look, come get me. Because I don't know. I was like, I don't, I don't think this is the right place for me you know what I mean I was just like look I don't and back to being back to the first part of the Romans 12 too just from the news and and the music I listened to and everything you know my mindset was not right I mean I, I was not I was never I've never been a, a kind of black and white guy but around this time it's just like I was the only black out there so I'm just like man what's what's going on here God what are you, where am I at I feel lost you know what I mean and I'm like I'm just the only black guy here I was like and you know that's negativity in my head I'm sitting here as I look back and I was just like man that's some it's like I was trying to point out all the wrong things of the um program instead of really embracing it so my brothers and them, back to my brothers and them, like, no, Keith, you need to work on yourself. So you got to, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> just like, you got to sit there and, you know, $700 just don't come easy. There was one time payment of $700 and they was like, Keith, 
you need to work on yourself because when you was out here why are you such in a rush to go back home and you know it hit me and i was like man you're right they're doing the same thing they was doing when i left so why you want to go back home so i was just like all right that it really touched me when he said that so i was like because i got to do this for me a little did i know like i wasn't taking care of me when i was out there so back to me being here and so you know they have counselors there that you can talk to like volunteer people you can talk to there and uh you know like i said pride was still in my way and i was just like you know what i sat down with him after two weeks being there you know i did it for two weeks and of course my mind hadn't changed yet but when i sat down with the counselor and uh i was like yeah you probably won't see me here next week but uh i'll sit down and talk to you when i sat down and talked to him you know, this is one question that I remember. He's like, so tell me about Keith. So I started telling him about him. And, you know, I didn't tell y'all this, but I was in the hospital room when my mama died. And, you know, I had nightmares and stuff from it. You know what I mean? Just from the procedure going wrong and everything. And so before I know it, I'm in there just pouring out all the pain. I mean, I'm crying. I'm pouring it out. I was in my, I was in the hospital room with my mother. I'm just pouring all the pain and hurt, all the all the low self-esteem, all that stuff. I'm just, it's just flowing out. It's just coming out. And I didn't even know I had all that in me. But by two weeks, I was sober now. You know what I mean? So when it started coming out, I was just like, man. The next day, I woke up with so much joy, so much peace, so much happiness. I haven't felt that in, like, it's been a while. And I tell the guys there, it's, it's this that I feel in me right now. <laughs> it's amazing. I love it. You know what I mean? And I always tell them, I got to get some more of God. I'm sorry. This is this, this is who I am now. And by that time, that's when I knew he transformed me. Because ever since then, I've been in my Bible. I've been reading it. And I, it all makes sense to me now. It was all part of his plan for me to go through that story and for me to come here. And now I feel like I have a purpose because when they put me in a leadership position, I'm able to spread the joy and the love that he put in my heart. It, it, it was really hard for me in the beginning, but when I released all that, that's what it taught me. You, you can't carry it around. You got to let it out it's for you to allow him in. Well, he, he never left me because he always showed me signs and everything, but I did not know I was carrying that many burdens around. I didn't know I was carrying that much pain around, and I am—I have—I haven't been this happy in years. And I thank the Hope Center, man, because like, man, when I first got it, I just felt like they was pushing God down my throat, and I'm just like, yo, I already already been through this part already, you know? I know God, but little did I know, I didn't know Him like I know Him now. You know what I mean? It, it's it's truly remarkable, just. How I can sit here and guys come up to me. I tell my story just like I just told y'all, and I tell my story to them, and they like Keith, you help me keep going, Keith. I, you really inspire me, and that just touched me. You know what I mean? I just, I don't expect it. I just, I just want to tell you what he has done for me. You know what I mean? It's just truly remarkable, and I love it. And well, I'm probably gonna, I got one more seat. Actually, I had a brother in the center that, you know, he was there for like five months, and he actually just called me last night, 
because he was in another program, but he's like, I want to come back, Keith. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do that for you, man. I was like, look, because he's out there at um, Big Lots in uh, Kentucky, and uh, he was just like, Keith, I don't, I don't have nowhere to go. He's like, I don't know if I want to come back to the Hope Center. I'm like, look, man, if I get you this sponsor, bro, I need to know that you're serious. And what is one year for the rest of your life? And he was like, look, Keith, all right, I'm going to call Chase, but we're going to get it all together. And I was like, you know what? That's what I'm talking about. And, and now I'm just loving how he put it on me. To I really feel I grew a passion for helping people. I really love it. Like I like I told you, I didn't have a purpose before. I felt like I didn't have a purpose before, but God showed me my purpose now. And I always had a big heart, and now I just want to reach out and grab every person and try to tell them about what God's done for me, and just let God take it from there. And uh, I just want to thank y'all for allowing me to uh, speak. And that's all I got. John Joe Keith.